You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 219. Today, we're going to break down how to know when to scale your business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And quite frankly, it is a Sunday morning. Typically, when I like to record my podcast, I told myself over and over I was going to stop recording on Sunday mornings. And mostly because if you followed me for any amount of time, you know that I'm a huge content repurposed person, meaning that I don't like to create one piece of content and then never use it again and again and again. So typically what that means is that when I'm going to record a podcast, I'm going to turn on the cameras, I'm going to get I'm going to turn on my DSLR, I'm going to record it on my phone and we're going to we're going to create multiple micro pieces of content around the macro piece of content which is my podcast. And so I've been saying to myself, I need to stop recording on Sunday mornings. And so instead what I've done is I just decided to turn on the cameras despite the fact that it is Sunday morning at 6 a.m. And I'm not dolled up. In fact, I even practiced some of my vocal warm-ups because I realized that I hadn't really been warming up the voice before I started speaking. And I just decided to hit record and, and create what it is I'm going to create in the state that I am because it's just as valuable. So let's dive in today because this has been coming up a lot inside of my reflections as I've been reflecting back on 2022, especially if you're listening to this right now at the time of I recorded it, we're right in the beginning of 2023. This is where people are just in a whole bunch of excitement about the new year, the possibilities and all of the change that is potentially underway. And one of the things I want to talk about is In this reflection, as I've been talking with my colleagues, with my friends, with my coaches, and then also reflecting back, even as early as six months ago, there have been some really significant changes inside of my language and how I'm discussing my business and how I'm thinking about my business that are worth bringing to the show. Because when I share this with you, hopefully you can start looking at the way you think about your business, the way you discuss your business, and then you'll be able to just make the decisions on knowing when to scale. Because this is another thing that has been coming up inside of my accelerator program. When is it a good time to scale my business. So we're going to dive into that today because there's a lot to unpack, starting with what does it even mean to scale? This is a word that's tossed around inside of the industry, inside of the business growth industry. I hear it a lot in two ways. I hear it and and the first I hear is I just want to grow my business. And then I also hear, I want to create passive income. 
And now for coaches and for a lot of the physical therapists and personal trainers and service providers that I work with, the reason why this idea of passive income comes to play is because what they're really asking or what they're really saying is I'm maxed out with my one-on-one or I'm already at max capacity and I can't see how I can grow my income because I literally cannot work for any more hours. And so it starts to become this search for, well, how do I grow my business? How do I increase the profits without increasing the workload in order to grow a profitable business? That's what we're doing when we're talking about scaling. Scaling is growing the business to generate more revenue without increasing the workload. And honestly, it's going to come down to the number one most important thing, which is leverage. Are you leveraging your resources? This is not just money, but it's part of it. Are you leveraging your money? Meaning, are you investing in yourself, investing in your in your clients, investing in the fast track to either acquiring a skill so that you learn the skill faster. People get it twisted here because they think, oh, I just need to delegate or need to hire a done for you program. I need to hire a marketing agency. I need to hire freelancer. I need to delegate what it is that I'm not skilled out. And I get why, but here's the deal and here's the rub. And here is the potential risk that you really need to evaluate for yourself, which is, Are you trying to pass off a hard task and throw money at a problem, just hoping, praying that it's going to return dividends? Because the truth is, and it's funny, it goes back to the conversation and and relationship with money that people have because my husband and I were talking about how we're expanding on the office this year and expanding team and growing and in the business. And it's very interesting because the conversations that we have sometimes will panic him. And he'll ask me, how can you talk about these high level revenue income streams with such ease? And I tell him all the time, oh, that's because I have a wealth mindset. This is how I think about growing assets and I think about how I can be a good steward of my revenue and money, the tool to help more people make a bigger impact, generate income, live the way I want to live. And he says, oh, thinking like a wealthy person has gotten me into trouble. And I thought to myself, that's because we have this belief that, oh, wealthy people are just going to spend money without thinking about it. That's like sticking your head in the sand and then hoping that everything's going to be okay. No, people who have a really good relationship with money know what's happening with their money. They make decisions on their with their money. They make decisions in their business. They make decisions in in how they're going to spend their time or use their, their resources. Because the truth is for every yes, there's also a no. And so what we're really doing when we're making a decision is deciding how best are we going to maximize our leverage, our resources, whether it's time, money, or effort. So when you start to invest 
in the business, invest in your skill acquisition or invest in team members, invest. And we'll talk about the different levels of, of leverage and ways that you can maximize leverage because what we're, you're essentially doing is investing in the fast track. You're getting to the outcome faster because you are saving time by learning lessons that your mentor had to learn the hard way or slower than you. You're saving time because now you don't have to spend hours upon hours of learning mastery. And and then sometimes you're saving time because while you might not spend the hours upon hours and learning the levels of intricate messaging and persuasive and influence marketing messaging, you'll be able to know enough to communicate effectively and then help your team member or understand and oversee the different types of assets that you are going to invest in. Like if you hire a copywriter, you hire a Facebook ads manager, Google ads manager, that you'll be able to, you'll be able to see how well your team member is performing or the asset is performing. Investing in your skill acquisition is the number one most important thing that you could be doing for your business. And the truth of the matter is that most of the time people are investing in skills that are just confirmation bias skills. You already know how to do that. What would it look like if you invested in skills that were actually going to help you move your business forward. So many fitness certifications and PT schools and science education schools, they are so great to help you learn a specific school, but they don't teach you how to run a business. In fact, I was onboarding a new accelerator client this week, and she was sharing with me some of the things that they were getting them to work through when it comes to creating their business. And I just, my mind was blown that still in 2023, we are literally setting up service providers to fail. And we are teaching them to trade dollar for hour, which is one of the biggest mistakes that you could be doing inside of growing your business. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. We need to know what our dollar of, of what our hour of time is worth in the context of creating the business that you want to create. So for example, if you want to create a million dollar business, then your hour of time is worth $486. And you have to ask yourself, is what you're saying yes to literally going to increase your business, return an ROI of $1,000 or more into the business? Because the truth is that most of the time, most people, when they're starting out and creating and, and trying to grow their business, you're focused on the tasks that are $10 VA, not important now tasks instead of the real tasks that are going to grow your business. What are those in my opinion? Well, people want to delegate their social media content, but for me, your content is your legacy. Your content is, especially if you want to build an online business, a hybrid business, or use a free platform. Like, Let's not forget that that social media is free, 
And it gives you an opportunity for you to connect with people who never heard of you before and turn them into a customer. So people want to delegate that first touch point. And the truth is when it comes to scaling, you might need to start delegating those types of roles. But I'm talking about right at the beginning. I'm talking about the difference between the person who just wants to push away the work that's actually going to communicate the right offer to the right person at the right time, which is one of the most valuable things that you could do as a business owner. So other ways to maximize your leverage aside from investing in the business to acquire a skill or investing in the business to grow a team member, meaning that there's actually multiple pieces of person power to execute on the actual outcome, which is automatically going to maximize leverage because you're going to get to the outcome faster. Other ways to maximize leverage is to really start to think about how you can maximize outcomes for multiple people. So the one-to-many model, now where you get to maximize your impact because now you are communicating and connecting from one to many. And so when it comes to making the decision as to whether or not we are ready to scale, we need to look at the ways that we can maximize our leverage. And then let's take a look at step two. So the first thing that we've done now is we've really unpacked what it means to scale. And then the first step is to really look at the ways that we can maximize our leverage. So now we get to look at your offer. So your offer is the opportunity you give to your client for a transformation. It doesn't have to be a body transformation. It just, or, or, or anything grand, it just needs to be taking somebody from the problem that they're in now, where they are now, and then taking them where they to where they want to be the fastest, most efficient way possible. That's all we're talking about when I'm talking about an offer. The trouble is that most people are taught to trade dollar for hour. And that's just the fastest race to burnout, to the grind, and to pricing on the commodity. That's the fastest race to the bottom. There are only so many hours in the day you're going to run yourself into the ground. And then not to mention the fact, the amount of work and effort it's going to take to find, to acquire the client, and then to serve the clients, and then to really guest test and assess and help improve performance for the client. There's so much invisible work that either A, you don't get paid for because B, you undervalue and underappreciate how much effort that actually takes. And you're so close to it you think, oh, I can just do this so quickly. It doesn't really matter. But when you start getting out of that dollar for hour experience and start really focusing on what is the transformation? What is the tangible outcome that I could provide? Now, of course, there's going to be intangible and there's going to be, there's going to be actual tangible. Now, I'm going to encourage you, especially if you are at the beginning or especially if if you're trying to connect with someone who's never heard of you before, is to really lean into the tangible outcomes first because that's what they want. This is how you'll be able to get confident because they will know when they've got the outcome and it's easier to communicate Oh, did you take binary action? Yes or no? Did you do it? Did we get to the outcome? Yes or no? Okay, no. We'll just keep going back. We will. We will refine. We will. We will find the problems and we'll refine it, or we will uncover the problems and then we will re-execute. 
So really take a look at your offer and have you crafted the offer to make the math behind your six and seven figure business work. This is one of the first things that I will help both my accelerator and my formula clients look at. Stephen Covey, author of The Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People, he talks about starting with the end in mind. I do the same thing for my clients when it comes to crafting their leveraged offer, which is getting clear on the tangible and intangible outcomes that your client is going to receive when they go through the process of working with you. And then crafting it from a place of, is this what they want? And then putting the process in place of, how to actually make that happen. So what does that mean? That means that we do need to look at if the goal is a million, if the goal is 100K, if the goal is 10K, what is that hour of time worth in an ideal world? And then how many hours does it take to implement the process? And does that make sense? I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people that have told me the offer that they want to create. Here's the promise. Here's the process. Here's the investment price. And then when we look at it, I will have them actually look at it. Okay, so then when you get to your 50K month, 10K month, 20K month, you'll need to have about 180 hours available. And they're looking at it like blink, 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 blink. And they're saying to themselves, oh my gosh, there's not 180 hours in a week. And I said, well, there is when you have five people and each person has 40 hours. But if you need a team of five people to execute on a revenue income of 10 grand, then there's a breakdown. Then we do not have a profit. Your business is going to be in the red in order to fulfill on the process of the client. So then that doesn't make sense, right? We're here to grow a profitable business. Now, a lot of the times people will come to me and they'll be like, but I don't, I'm not comfortable yet to to create or to ask for this type of an investment yet because I don't have the client case studies. Well, this needs to be a separate podcast because that's a trap and I do want to talk about it. So I will say this though, if you are not comfortable saying your investment price, people will feel that. They're going to sense that. They're going to feel that. So instead, operate knowing that this is what you're going to create, that this is what the investment's going to be, and that you're going to give your first founding members, your first people an experience at a founder's rate. That's so exciting. And how lucky your first 10 clients are going to be when they get this founding rate. Now, this is why I was saying it's a separate It's a separate podcast because there still needs to be an emotional investment for your client. Otherwise, they won't show up for themselves. And then you start feeling like, oh my gosh, maybe it's me. Maybe my stuff sucks. I'm the problem. When in reality, there just wasn't enough of an energetic exchange for your client to show up for themselves. So this can be a Goldilocks experience. It could be a nuanced conversation. So I'm bringing this up now and in this particular episode and in this way, because oftentimes in order to find those answers, you really need to guess, test, and assess. You can't jump into scaling and growing the business until you start sharing your offers and testing out the thresholds. 
And then the question becomes, well, how do you know what the issue is? Well, this is where you need to make data-driven decisions. This is when you need to go back and look at your metrics that matter. Look at the performance of the machine that you've built. And, And also take comfort in knowing that most people are going to say no. This is one of the things, the themes that have been coming up with my colleagues and also with my accelerators is that is that most people are going to say no, and that's a good thing. We don't need everybody to say yes. We need the people who are ready and committed to say yes to themselves, who are ideal clients, who are ready to do the work. Those are the ones that we want to say yes. And so we want to focus our attention and energy on the people who are saying yes. And so what we really want to look at when we're looking at these at at these numbers, when we're looking at this data, are the performance metrics in line? Are we converting anywhere from five to 10%, depending on the price point? And I'll, I'll even say two to 10%. That's within the range, depending on so many factors that are, that are involved in this, which is what we go deep inside accelerator and inside a formula. But regardless for you, as you're listening to this episode, I'll encourage you to get clear on your performance metrics. Go and look at what's been working in the past, what hasn't been working in the past, especially if you're assessing, is this offer ready to go? Because here's the problem. And I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this from, from full transparency because what often happens, and it's part of the reason why I shifted my business model is because what often happens is that sometimes we'll get some success and sometimes we'll get some success from an offer from a business model where the six, the math behind six and seven figures doesn't work. That's what led me to working 18 hours a day. And I was generating 20 grand, but for the, but the profit margin wasn't in act, in excess. It wasn't in overflow. And I got to this bottleneck. I got to this, this threshold. I, I came up against this barrier of, I literally have no more hours to give. How do I grow the revenue? So make sure that your math behind six and seven figures works. And then also make sure that it's an offer you're excited about. That's the other thing is that I had spent so much time living in the if-then continuum. Oh, as soon as I do this, then I'll do that. So it looked like as soon as I create that perfect offer, then I'll release my one-on-one agency clients. But I didn't want to build an agency, but I felt like I had to. And then what's worse is that when you start to, when your business starts to depend on that income, then your risk of what it is you're losing intensifies because now you've got team members or maybe now you've got maybe now you've got clients that you love and care about that are used to this business that you're creating and you're going to make a pivot you're going to make a switch that can't be scary that could feel like there's a lot on the line so just make sure that the offer that you're creating is the one that you want to create otherwise you run the risk of building your own prison you run the risk of creating your own job which is way worse than being in a job my husband would laugh at me all the time when i would be stressed when i couldn't sleep he'd be like man your boss is awful i'm the boss <laughs> But it was a great wake up call for me because I was, I was realizing that I was creating the job. I was creating an experience that wasn't what I wanted. And that's not why I got into this business. And I'm willing to bet that that's not why you got into this business. So make the math behind your six and seven figure business work. 
really look at it. Look at your leverage. Look at the leverage of how and 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 the way that you're going to do that is when you really start thinking about what is it going to take to deliver on the outcome that you're promising. And this is going to require you to really shift out of that dollar for hour mindset. And the truth is that you could make 10, 20K trading dollar for hour, no problem. And if you're at this place listening to the show and thinking, okay, well, when I get to 10K, then I'll switch to the leverage model, that's backwards. And I'm saying that from a place of, I did that. And to be honest with you, it was way harder than if I had just started doing the leverage because now I had built these relationships. Now I had built this, like I'm, I'm creating an agency and I had started to become known for doing this. And people were reaching out to me for agency work. Hey, can you build my funnel? That was hard to say no to. I had to start saying no, I can help you create your own. I had to be okay with walking away from revenue. And when you're at this place of, but I need the revenue in order to scale because then I need to grow my this, I need to do this, then that can be a really scary place to make a decision. But as the CEO, this is what your job is, is to make decisions that are the best for the business. And sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And oftentimes when people are at this place of, I need to scale, then they, this can be scary and this can be a scary decision to make. So I get it. (laughs) You're not alone. Okay. And so then the other thing I want to offer to you, especially as we're talking about this offer is in deciding, okay, um, am I at this place to scale? Because one of the things too, that I just want to say is that I have accelerators that are coming into the program, wanting to scale the fastest way, but they have not started yet. Or they haven't, they don't have necessarily like this big, huge, you know, thriving business. They're not at the place that I was at where it was like, oh my gosh, I'm in 14 hours. How do I get out of it? Which I think is a good thing. This means that they literally have the opportunity to start from the bottom, meaning build the business that is going to work best for them and then create the machine to withstand any sales cycle so that it takes what it takes until it takes. What a gift. So remember that falling into the trap of when I get this, then I'll do that is like saying, as soon as I lose my last 10 pounds, then I'll be happy. And I probably don't have to tell you how effective that is. Because here's the other thing too, that people fall into this trap. Coaches fall into this trap is they get maxed out at that 14 hour. And they're like, all right, well, let me put together some passive program. Passive programs are not passive. It still takes effort to share the opportunity, to create it. And then if you're anything like me and the high achievers that I get to work with, you're going to be constantly refining that program. And, and especially if, especially now a days where things are just constantly changing the way people go through programs, they're changing. Passive programs aren't passive. You can't just put a buy button on your website and then just assume people are going to come to it. So then we can talk about the third thing when it comes to scaling. So how to know when to scale. The first thing I'll say to you now that you're you got your leverage now that we know what the offer is now that we know that the math behind the six and seven figure business works 
The last thing that is kind of tangible is now we're going to start talking about the offer stack, right? So this is more like how to scale. So now that you have this incredible offer that you know is working and that now you're wondering how can we increase lifetime customer value? And now we start creating different levels, different layers, different ways that people can get transformations from you. Now we're going to start to increase that profitability. And and one of the things too, that as I'm starting to talk about this and talk about offers, I just want to go ahead and reiterate, because I think that there's this misconception that is perpetuated in this space that, that in order to generate revenue, you have to sell high ticket. Well, high ticket compared to what? How do you know when something is high ticket? $27 to me is a very different experience than $27 to my cousin in South Africa. So it's not for us to decide what those thresholds are. And just because something is a lower investment doesn't mean that it's low value. I'm a mom. I Netflix and Disney Plus, when I'm working on the weekends or when I'm doing something, those are highly valuable to me. So you can have an opportunities to work with you at all different levels of accessibility. And you can create an experience that's like the Ritz Carlton for the people who, who are investing lower investments. Because the truth is part of what makes your offer so amazing is that when your people feel like I get all of this for that. Right now I'm in the DMs right now talking to someone about PT profit formula and then the coaching membership that goes along with it. And they're like, wait, what's the catch? And I'm telling her there's no catch. We've just been indoctrinated to believe that in order to get support, that you need to have thousands upon thousands and thousands of dollars, which isn't necessarily true. You can get a lot. People could listen to 250 hours of my podcast, implement it, and then truly make some serious revenue. I say that with conviction. The trouble is the level of investment is not for me to decide. I can't tell you how many times I do live free experiences, trainings, and I have hundreds of people register and then five show up. I can't do the work for you. Just like you can't do the work for your client. And then I've had people who've signed up for the membership and they've given me everything they've got in their bank account. And then they show up to every call, they do the work and then they get the result. So it's a balance between finding what is that threshold for you, for your market that you feel excited to serve on. Because if you start undercharging for your services, you'll start to resent your clients, which is one of the worst things that you can do for your business. I posted on social the other day on Friday night where I was looking at some of my client's stuff and I was looking at like, where's the, where are my accelerators hanging out? And someone DM'd me and was like, you talk about, about working less and here you are on a Friday night at 10 PM working. And, and I, I laughed and I was like, yeah, because this is the business that I created. And I, one, I enjoy working. And two, my husband wasn't home. He was at work and I didn't want to watch TV. I, I enjoy working. Not to mention the fact that I finished my day at 2 PM, hung out with my kids, played go fish. And then I had this huge break. And so now they went to bed and I wanted, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to go to bed. I didn't feel like that when I was working 18 hour days though. I do now. Now that we've broken down some of the tangible, like these are the action steps. Is your offer converting? Have you maximized your leverage? Can you offer stack to increase profitability? This is when you're going to know whether or not you're ready to scale. 
We need to also address some of the invisible components that are true, that happened, and that are sometimes a little bit less tangible for me when it came to me realizing I'm ready to scale and in the way, in in this way. And then also, also some of the things that I listen for in my clients, because oftentimes And this is something I teach inside of Accelerator. So I'm just going to break this down for you. Business growth happens in stages, both in the tangible and intangible. And what I mean by intangible is in my mind, in the way I think about my content, think about my business and, and think about growth. Okay. Sometimes it's hard to determine, have the outcomes on the outside caught up to the way I'm thinking on the inside. So the way I think of it is like this right now, this is a perfect example. I put an order for, for these kitchen scissor knives on Amazon and I put it in and I just haven't thought about it. Like it just, it was Amazon prime and usually my stuff shows up and then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I put it in order. I'm not stressing about it. I'm not, there's no urgency. It's not like I need it now. Where is it? Where is it? And there's no sense of, of, uh Oh, order's not here. I just shows up. And then these kitchen scissors, I knew in my mind, okay, January 3rd, it's the 7th. It's the 8th, actually. And just right around the last couple of days, I was like, huh, it should be here by now. Why is it not here? And I started to have that like, uh-oh, I better go find out why is it not here yet? And, and there is this boundary of like, uh-oh, why is it not here yet? It should be here by now. And trusting that once you put your order in, you don't have to think about it and agonize it and stress over it and wonder, uh oh, uh oh, so is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Because that's a different energy. You know, how you find that energy and boundary, you get to decide it. I want it here by this date. And if it's not here by this date, then let me look at it. What's causing it to not be here by this date? Nine times out of 10, though, it's the stressing that it's not there. It's not here yet. It's not here yet. It's not here yet. It's not here yet. So the way that I teach it inside of Accelerator is that we're going to design it. We need to design it with the end in mind, make this six and seven figure math work. We're going to create a leveraged offer, a leverage, and then see the vision of what's going to happen. Then we're going to deliver it. And then we're going to deliver the program to the people that are already hanging out there. Especially if you're like right around, you know, trying to get to your first 10, 5k, first 10k, maybe even your first 15k. I'm willing to bet that there are people in your audience right now, whether you have 10 followers, 100 followers, whatever, there are people in your audience right now who are ready to purchase. They just don't know yet that they can. And if you're using social media to really promote your offerings, only 3% of your audience sees it. And remember, we're trying to communicate the right offer to the right person at the right time. So even if they just said no, it just means not yet doesn't mean no forever. You're awful. I don't believe that your stuff works. It might, but that's not for you to worry about. So the idea behind designing your, your, your business machine is that it can withstand and withhold any and all sales cycle, that it takes what it takes until it takes. So we're going to deliver it. We're going to deliver it to your audience. We're going to see how well it does. We're going to stress test it. Then we're going to move into the scale it section. And so here's the thing, and here are some of the invisible components that were true for me that were the big shifts. When I stopped asking myself the questions of like, is the offer broken? Is this right? Is this, is this working? When I started to have more confidence and going all in and trusting and knowing that this was the offer that I knew was going to transform 
inform anybody from any place, whether they're just starting out, whether they're bottlenecked, because it's a combination of principles and meeting people where they're at. And I was comfortable in knowing that this process works. That type of conviction and confidence shows came through in my language. So instead of like, I look back at old, old conversations. So instead of asking questions like, why does no one want this? The question started to become, how do I find the people ready for this? And so the question is how Beverly, how, how do we get to that? Well, that type of confidence is going to come from competent. And this is going to be coming from the decision and knowing and going all in on you. So people will say, oh, it comes from having expertise. It comes from having, you know, experience. That is a trap. Because you'll you'll be in a perpetual state of that I was in, which was, oh my gosh, this is never enough. It's never enough. My client needs to hit X. I, I haven't hit seven figures yet. I haven't hit a million dollars in a launch. That must mean I can't help anybody. That's not true. You just need to help the person who is one step behind you. I have actually helped people that make more money than me, if you can believe it, because that's just one marker. Sometimes when you're, you know, people, when they're generating so much revenue, what we're trying to do is increase the profit. This is what I always say. Marketers math is a scam because people will be at, you know, 900,000, but they spent $899,000 to get there. Your confidence and competence is going to come from the decision that you are enough, that you could go all in on you, and that you know that what you have laid out, you can back up and that you're willing to take on the risk. Now, people are scared about this. People are like, oh, I don't want to do this because there's a line of responsibility between me and the client. And yeah, there is. Absolutely, there is. There's so many different ways that you can take on the risk, like satisfaction guarantee. You could say you'll get your, your investment back or I'll keep working with you until you do. So now it, it's going to encourage you to look at your process. So for me, I guarantee you're going to make your investment back with me. Otherwise, I'll pay you the difference. And the reason I say this and, and people, one of my colleagues asked me, how can you be so certain and confident in that? And I said, because the things that I put in place to make that true, it, 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 it's impossible. I wouldn't let you go that long without that much support and education. Again, that's just insane. The only reason why you wouldn't make your money back based on all of those things is because you didn't want to, you didn't do the work and because you fought me the whole way. And the truth of the matter is that I've been that client who fights. So you're not alone if that is you. But the amount of support that you get in that program, one-on-one and group and education, like there's just literally no way. There's no way you can't make your investment back. In fact, it's designed to make 10 times the investment. So the investment back is bare minimum and not just high ticket. Meaning that, oh, okay, we'll get five clients for a thousand or 10 clients for a thousand. And then you're going to do that. And if you don't do that in six months, then whatnot. No, <laughs> no. I have a really good friend who's making, you know, seven figures in her, in her $27 membership. That was a huge shift for me. And that took some time. It didn't have to did for me, but it didn't have to. You can make that decision right now. Then when you're there, when you're at that place, 
and you're noticing. And, and honestly, I started to notice that these were things that my colleagues, my colleagues that are making multiple, you know, millions were saying. They weren't asking. They weren't they weren't going internal and being like, oh my gosh, I'm awful. They were like, uh-oh, something's, you know, this offer does really well usually. Let's try something different because the market's changing. As opposed to what I would do, which was, oh, nobody wants my stuff. This is the worst. There was enough evidence that demonstrated, that showed conviction that this offer is the offer. So how can you create that for yourself? Because that's really what we're looking at. Those are some invisible markers. Notice how you start to feel and think and say about your offerings and when things are going wrong. And then also how you look and think about problems. This is a huge telltale sign about where where you are in your business growth and where you are in the phases. People who are at the scale it phase and the automated phase, that's the fourth phase when they start to work themselves out of the business is that they start to view problems and challenges in their business differently. Instead of it being this like, oh my gosh, everything's awful. I'm I'm never going to make it instead of it feeling like it's the end of the world. Instead, they have confidence in their skills and knowing that they can figure it out. And that was a huge big shift for me as well. When I started to see things not perform in a way that I wanted it to perform, I trusted and knew that I had enough skill and experience to figure it out. And then the last thing I'm going to leave you with, because this is accidentally turning into a long podcast, which I didn't, I, I didn't intend it to, but the last thing I'll leave it you with when it comes to the invisible markers of knowing when to scale is that when we stop taking things personally, and now this is a nuanced conversation because business is personal. Anyone who tells you that it's not personal, that's not fair to say. It's both. It's the razor's edge. It's caring about everything and nothing at the same time. If you constantly are, are disassociating and saying that it's not personal, it's not personal, it's not personal, then chances are we're probably stepping away from why we got into this business in the first place to help people. And so there's no way you can create contact that you can try and connect with people without caring about it. So business is personal in that way. And it's also not personal. Razor's edge. We care about nothing and everything at the same time. The law of polarity at play right here. It's both. And so the faster that you can stop personalizing the outcomes. It's personal in the sense that you're pouring into people, but it's not personal in the sense that you don't need to personalize and make it mean the outcomes mean something about you. Most people are going to say no. Most of your content pieces are going to fall flat. It's a good thing. It's an opportunity for you to restate, re-say, try it again. If toddlers stopped learning how to walk because they fell down, then none of us would be walking. If you've ever watched a baby learn how to walk, they fall down more than they stand and they keep getting up. And so really think about those tangible and intangible components for yourself. If you want the fast track and you want to go deeper and you want to learn more about the hows, the ins and outs, the hows, how you can create this business machine, then then send me a DM on Instagram at B Simpson Fitness. Just send me accelerator, send me a DM, just you know, say that you listen to the show and that you want to talk about it more. And we'll have a in-depth conversation about where you're at. And I'll give you some insight as to what is the best 
my opinion of what is the best next step for you. So thanks so much for hanging out with me on the show today. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.